That's a good problem to have. Amen. I'm thankful to be here. Uh, Harvest House is, I just feel at home when I come to Harvest House. And I love this place. It's a, always a always a blessing to me to come and see y'all, you folk in the in church. I mean, to see y'all smiling faces does me good. Amen. I love Brother Daniel, Sister Cheryl, their family. Amen. Their, their new, their new soon-to-be son. I, I like him about as much as Brother Daniel likes him, I guess. Which is a lot. <laughs> Amen. Brother Texas, I'm proud of you, buddy. You're doing a good job. Amen. I want to give honor to my family tonight, my, my beautiful wife and my children. Amen. I never never thought I'd be a father. Never never wanted to be a father. I was too concerned with, with Wade. And I, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to think about having to sacrifice all that time. Amen. But that was the greatest blessing in my life is to hold my baby girl for the first time, my firstborn. Amen. But God blessed me with a young baby boy. And the sucker don't care if the sun shines, let me tell you. All he wants to do is eat and sleep. He don't care about nothing else. He don't care about he, he likes mama. He loves mama. He don't he can't stand me. He wants his mama all the time. But tonight I'll give honor to my pastor too if it wasn't for my covering. Yeah, amen. How many believes you need a covering in your life? A man of God. That'll speak into your life and, and, and say things that'll change you. Might hurt your feelings. Ain't nothing wrong with getting your feelings hurt. Just don't take it to heart and don't let your feelings get in the way of get in the way of God doing something for you. My pastor's hurt my feelings before, but it still don't mean it was wrong. It meant that he cares for me and he's caring enough for me to change my life. That was free. I don't even know where that came from. Amen. But I am going to need your help tonight. I, I've, I've been sick. All week long, I don't feel like preaching tonight. I'm sick. Pretty sure I got a fever. So whoever uses this microphone after me, you're going to need to clean it. I don't feel good tonight, but I feel good in the Holy Ghost. My voice may or may not stay with me. How many is going to help me preach? I feel like preaching right now, okay? I didn't feel like it on the drive up here, but I feel like preaching now. I can feel my help. But I've had... Y'all can be seated. I, I, I'm going to take my time tonight. It's early. <clears throat> I ain't preached in a couple weeks. So an hour, hour and a half. Y'all should be good with that, right? <laughs> but God, God's laid a certain message on my heart now for several weeks. And uh, a lot of times, let me just explain to you how the process goes when a visiting preacher gets asked to preach. We'll, we'll pray about messages. We'll pray that God gives us a word for a church, as we should. And we'll pray and God may speak something into our hearts. And we'll study on that for a little while. And we'll, 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 we'll pull that message out of cobwebs and dust it off. And, and we'll pray over that one. And, and it might change. It might not change by the time we get here to preach. But God laid this message on my heart. And it's been the same message for several weeks now. I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight. I'm glad Brother Daniel said what he said. I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight, but I do feel a heavy heart for somebody in the in the house tonight. Amen. I, 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 I've prayed. I've spent many, many, many hours in prayer for this service right now. I've had plenty of time to, 
to, to prepare for this service. Tonight, I want you to I want you to be sensitive to what God wants to do in this place. Don't put no don't don't put faith in what I'm saying. Put faith in what God's using me to say to you. It's not me tonight, it's, but it's God. I feel that tonight. How many's going to help me preach? I need your help tonight. I don't feel good. Okay, help me preach, please, in this place. Help me preach. Amen. But we're going to be reading in the book of Nehemiah, chapter number four. Interrupting the writings of Nehemiah during the 52 days that it would take to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem that had been torn down for hundreds of years. Nehemiah chapter number four. Amen. When you get it, say, I got it. Got it. Amen. I'll wait. I'll give you a few more minutes, seconds. Time's a ticking. And I'm cheating and I've got I got my iPad so I don't have to flip through the pages so I understand. Amen. All right. Everybody got it? Amen. Nehemiah chapter number four, verses fifteen through eighteen it said, And it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us, and God had brought their counsel to naught, that we returned all of us to the wall, every one to unto his work. And it came to pass from that time forth that the half of my servants went wrought in the work, and the other half of them held both spears and shields and bows and the habergans. Anybody knows what a habergan is? It's just a chain mail coat, so that is. And the rulers were behind all the house of Judah. They which builded the wall on the wall, and they that bared burdens with those that laid it, everyone with one in his hand, brought in the work, and with the other hand held a weapon for the builders, everyone had his sword girded by his side. So what this scripture is saying, what these verses are saying tonight is that that Nehemiah had brought many hundreds of people to where the walls of Jerusalem was once built. And they had so much going on around them. The people that were around them didn't want the walls of, of Jerusalem built again. They knew they knew what would happen if God would begin to bless the children of Israel. And so <coughs> Nehemiah would tell his people, he would tell them to everyone who's working on the wall, put a, put a sword on your side. Amen. And everybody else who's not working on the wall, we're going to need you to watch out. Amen. We're going to need to co cover all corners of of, of, our, of our people that are working on the wall. Amen. I, I come to preach to somebody tonight. We're saved, not safe. How many believes that tonight? We're saved, but we're not safe in this place. We're not safe in this world that we live in. Everybody lift your hands up to God right now and let's go before Lord and pray. Let your words, Touch your people Touch your heart, God. Touch your soul in this place, God. God, let your will be done. God, let your will be done. Let your will be done. If you're going to help me preach tonight, why don't you clap your hands at Jesus right now? Tonight, you can be seated. I'll try not to bore you with the, with all the historical facts tonight, but I do 
feel the need to lay a quick foundation before I dive into the heart of my message. Almost a hundred years before the walls of the holy city Jerusalem was built, a priest named Ezra would make the journey from exile to the city of David. He would have but one task on his mind for God's people, and that was to get God's people, the children of Israel, back into contact with God. It had been many, many years since the children of Israel was, was in covenant with God. The book of Ezra and Nehemiah was originally one book, but later separated so that the readers would be able to separate the jobs that Nehemiah and Ezra would have. Ezra being the first one that would make the journey. And then Nehemiah, many, many years later, making that very same journey to do a totally different job. But working together with the plan of God in mind. The book of Ezra highlights two significant apostolic themes. Restoration and separation. Restoring temple worship after 70 years without the temple. You don't really have to have a temple nowadays to worship God. Every day is a holy day. Every day is considered the Sabbath if you read the pages of the Bible. But back in those days, they needed a temple to worship God. And they didn't have the temple. So, so Ezra was, was trying, well, his job was to get the children of Israel back into temple worship. Back into covenant with God and the separation from the ones who had held who had held them hostage for many many years. If there's ever been a time for true apostolic worship to make its way back into the church, that time is now in this life that we live. We need worship from young to old in this place. We need worship from the front to the back. We need worship, true worship, from side to side in every apostolic church in today, today's age. And if there's ever been a time to, to take a stand and preach separation from the world that we live in, that time is now, Pastor. I know you preach it. It's, it's more than just separation in our dress. It's more than just separation in our conversation. It's, it's separation in, in the company that we keep. Separation from the things that would hold us in bondage. If you allow me to fast forward to our opening text tonight, I would only, I would, it would only take Nehemiah 52 days. They were working. They were working hard. It would only take them 52 days. Brother Daniel, one of these days, I'm going to make that journey to, to Israel before God comes back. I want to see these walls. Now, I know I know they got torn down another time. I would love to see those walls. 52 days. I, I don't know how many square square miles that, would, that they enclosed in walls, but it's huge. It's huge. 52 days to to finish the task of building the walls, but but it wasn't an easy 52 days. Many of the surrounding rulers and, and leaders of other nations would have a problem with Israel becoming a civilization once again. The first attack was by words from the surrounding kings, but ridicule, ridicule and criticism wouldn't slow the Israelites down for long. Nehemiah would pray a prayer of encouragement for the people, Nehemiah would pray, Oh, hear, oh, our God, for we are des <coughs> we are despised, and turn their reproach upon their own head, and give them for a prey in the land of captivity, and cover not their iniquity 
and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee in anger before the builders. So build we the wall, and the and the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. But the enemy saw that the words didn't get the job done. Then they would, when the enemy saw that the that the words that they would speak against Israel didn't get the job done, they would turn to the next level of 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 threatening that they could only think of. I'm sure they would threaten them with war. This would scare them for for only a season till Nehemiah would encourage his people to be prepared at all times to carry a tool to perform the work of God that was needed to be done and a sword to protect the brethren who was serving, who was building the wall. Nehemiah and the children of Israel were saved from captivity. They had permission and the funding from the one who had them in bondage for all those years to build the holy city of God. They had the blessing from the kingdom which they would come from exile from. They were free. They were they they had permission to, to make sacrifice again on the altar of burning incense. They had permission to build the wall. They had permission to build the temple. It seemed like everything was working out just right, but the enemy would step in and speak a word of, and, and doubt would creep in. When that didn't work, the enemy would step in and threaten them with war. Isn't it just like the adversary today when he sees a church on fire for God? And when he sees a church that's getting full of visitors, getting full of sinners in needing of a Savior, when the enemy sees something like that happen, he would begin to speak a word and he would try to draw a line down the center of the church. You're, you're half on this side and you're half on that side. And he would speak words into, into visitors. And, and try to run people off. It's just like the adversary today to try to speak a word, and then when that don't work, he'll speak a, a, a he'll threaten you with war. He'll threaten you with your family members not wanting to be around you for what you stand for. But that's of the devil. Let me tell you today, God still loves the people who are sold out to Him. He'll honor you. He'll give you freedom. He'll save your family. If you're faithful to God. He knows he can't win. He knows he don't stand a chance when, when he's got a made up, when, when God's people got a made up mind to worship. And when God's people got a made up mind to do the things of God. The, the devil don't stand a chance. Young man, let me tell you tonight. The devil don't stand a chance if you get a made up mind to do the will of God. He, don't, he can speak a word all he wants to. And he can threaten you with death. He can threaten you with war. But he don't stand a chance as long as you got a made up mind. To state the obvious tonight, we all understand that before one is able to be saved, one must be in great danger. This world we go to work in, we have to deal with on a daily basis, is a very dangerous place. This world is full of filthy and unclean spirits that we face every day that we live. It's full of hatred and racism. Racism's running rampant. 
and, and the government seems to be trying to divide all people of all races and nationalities. The government's trying to divide us all and, and try to make us hate each other. But, but God don't stand for racism in the house. God don't stand for it. There ain't no color to God. All God knows is that we all need red and we all need to love him and we all need to worship him. This world is full of drugs and alcohol. There's all sorts of despair. That as Christians, we've got to we've got to strive to stay away from every day that we live. Yes, amen. <laughs> That's why here on this earth we can only be saved. But I must tell you tonight that we will never be safe here in this world that we live in as a Christian. We will never be safe. If you feel safe tonight, I question your walk with God. I question your faithfulness to your preacher. If you feel safe out there in this world, then I wonder what your prayer life looks like. I wonder if you even got an altar built at all in your house somewhere. Saved means to be unharmed and unthreatened, invulnerable, taking no risk, and freedom from danger. I don't know about y'all sometimes, but my brother and my sister, they can hurt me. I don't feel safe around everybody that I'm around all the time. Sometimes I feel threatened in this when I gotta go to work. Sometimes I feel like I can't do it. Sometimes I take unnecessary risk, not knowing the outcome when I'm having a weak moment because I'm weak. Sometimes I don't feel safe here this, on this earth. Amen. Amen. Nehemiah was faced with a challenge. There was literally a threat from all sides. Everywhere he turned, a threat was being chanted towards God's people. That's how, why he would order his men to carry an, the extra weight, the extra weight of a sword while the men worked. He said, I know it's going to be, it's not going to be easy building these walls with that heavy sword dangling from your side. I know while you're climbing on that scaffold, it may hang you up sometimes, and it's going to slow you down. I know it's not going to be easy working with that sword on your side. But it'll be worth it in the end when that time comes to fight and you're building the wall. You can just turn around and look your adversary in the eye and say, you thought I wasn't prepared for this battle, but I'm always prepared for the battle that God lets me fight. Let me explain something to Harvest House tonight. The devil works for God. He can only do what God allows him to do in your life. He's still an angel. He's still just as beautiful as ever. He's an evil angel and he wants to take the place of God. And then, believe it or not, see, this ain't in my notes right now. This is God. Believe it or not, in this world that we live in, we're going to fight hell every day that we live. Amen. Believe it or not, the devil works for God. That God allows him to do what he does. But we got dominion over him. This earth that we live on is his kingdom. It's his kingdom. It's, but it's our job to resist the devil. It's our job to be those rebels and, and resist his kingdom. It's our job to try to pull everybody that we can out of the pits of hell. No matter what their nationality is, no matter what they smell like, no matter what they look like, it's our job to love people. The Bible says if you can't love
love your brother who you have seen, then how can you love a God who you have not seen? Harvest House, I come to tell you tonight, it's going to be worth it in the end. The fight will be worth it in the end. Don't you dare give up on your preacher. Don't you dare give up on your pastor. Don't you dare give up on your first lady. And don't you dare give up on these young ministers who pour their heart out to you every time they preach. Don't you dare throw in the towel on what you want God's doing for you in your church. But you stand for what you've worked for so hard all these years. And you stand up and you look the adversary in the eye. And you say, you, you thought you may have had me at one point. You thought you had my family. You thought you had my mother. You thought you had my father. But I got Jesus on my side. My desire is to see every family member that I got going to a one God apostolic tongue talking church. I don't care if it's Star Bethlehem. I don't care if it's Harvest House. There's good churches all over this great state. I just want to see my family in back in covenant with God. Don't you dare give up on it. I'm talking to somebody out here tonight. Don't you dare give up on your family. to tell this church tonight that not much has changed in the thousands of years between today and then. We're still building the kingdom of God today. We're still faced with, with nations and religions that don't want to don't want the will of God in our church. But I come to preach to you tonight. We're saved. We are not safe. God's still looking for people that will carry the extra weight, the extra burden on your side. He's still looking for a young person who's not afraid to grab their Bible and walk down the aisles of the school. Just hoping for somebody to ask what you got in your hand. My God. I wish I'd have, I wish I'd have done it just different, Sister Michelle. I wish I would have lived my life differently when I had the chance to influence my peers. But instead, I was influenced myself. I was raised in church since the age, age age of three years old. But I let go of something. I let go of what my father got a hold of. There's a message right there. Don't let go of what your fathers get a hold of. I let go of this and I let my peers influence me. And I was ashamed of the words in this Bible that was written in red. And I didn't affect nobody while I had the chance to, Brother Texas. Listen to me, little clip. Don't you dare be a be ashamed to carry your Bible at school. Don't you dare. Don't you if you if you're homeschooled, then you testify to the cats, I guess they go on. But if you go to school. If you got the chance to tell somebody about the saving grace of Jesus and about the great church that you go to, you grab that Bible, you gird yourself with that sword, and you tell somebody about hope the Holy Ghost. He's looking for somebody that will commit to the work, but also ready for the battle in the instance that it arises in your life. He's still calling the people to the workforce just as well as the battlefield tonight. Amen.
Who's going to answer the call? It's time God that God's people be battle ready in the middle of your job. It's time that God's people be battle ready in the middle of the position that you hold within the walls of the church. It's time for you Sunday school teachers to be battle ready within the, for those children that you teach every Sunday. It's time for us parents to be battle ready for those kids that God has given us the privilege to parent. It's time for us to be battle ready on our jobs. It's time for us to be battle ready when that person cuts us off in traffic. It's time for us to be battle ready in the aisles of Walmart. God's still looking for a people to do a work for him in the kingdom of God. But too often times we get focused on the work and we neglect the battlefield all along. We're getting attacked from all sides, but we refuse to say that I'm struggling. Come on. I've been there. Yeah. I don't want nobody feeling sorry for me. I don't need your pity. I don't need you to, to, to cry on my shoulder, and I don't need your shoulder to cry on. I've been there before. Come on. But we still need each other in the house yes, of God. Amen. Amen. Your pastor still needs you. Your yes. prayers. Yes, I did. Your pastor's got a hard job. All you got to worry about is your family. He's got to worry about his family. And then he's got to worry about all of y'all. He's got to pray for all of y'all. All along trying to be a father and trying to be a husband to his his wife. Amen. It's a hard job. I don't want to, I want to do that, Pastor. Excuse me, Pastor Orton. I don't, I don't want to be a pastor. I hope to God that he never calls me to be that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too long when this happens when you, when you refuse to ask for help and when you refuse to say that I'm struggling it's, it's not too long after this happens that we begin to lose faith we begin to lose hope that one day we'll have his voice again in our lives but I promise you saint of God if you'll just hold on to God and pull out this sword and begin to read those pages that are written in blood he'll speak to you again he'll tell you that he loves you he'll tell you that he needs you he'll remind you that you were worth dying for on the cross 2,000 years ago a seasoned saints we've got to have a good balance between the battlefield and the kingdom of God and doing the work in the kingdom of God. As for me, I find this really hard to do. It's not easy being a Christian in this day and age that we live in. It's hard for me to, to distinguish the, the work in the battlefield. And it seems like every day I've got to visit that battlefield and every day I've got to visit the work of God. I mean, it's, it's our responsibility to, to work for God every day. And it's not our responsibility to fight the same battle all the time. That's right. I understand tonight that the struggle... It's real today in this day and age that we live in. We can't spend too much time fighting the same battles over and over again. We've got to win some battles and we got to put that adversary behind us. Amen. If you're struggling with addiction in your life, then I, I, I tell you today that you need to fall on your face and give it all to God and let God take that addiction out of your life. Amen. You're not built. We're not built to be in continuous battle all the time on this earth that we live. Amen. In this life that we live here on earth. We're not built for continuous battle. 
The Bible says that we're supposed to be instant in season and out of season. So that means that sometimes we're going to have good times and then sometimes we're going to have bad times. But it's how we respond to the bad times that defines how much we trust and have faith in God. It's how we react when the battle is over and the adversary has tucked tail and run after, after God's child realizes that they have the power and dominion over every spirit in hell. It's after the, the adversary has tucked tail and run. Do you, do you sit back and drag your lip and kick your lip around saying, man, that sure was a rough battle. I barely didn't make it out of that when you, 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 you're so wore out you feel like you can't do nothing for God. You, you make it to church, but you don't, you don't get involved in church. Amen. Or do you grab your hammer and do you gird that sword on your side? And do you get busy in the kingdom of God? Do you go to your workplace after the toughest battle of your life? And do you begin to witness all over again to those same people who try to cuss you all day long? Or do you do you sit back and do you moan and groan just like they do? Or do you grab that sword? Do you grab that word of God after that tough battle that you just went through? And you know the only thing that brought you out was the word of God. Do you sit down and do you grab the word of God and begin to flip through the pages and read what God's writing down for you? It's how it's how we it's how we respond to a battle after it is fought. Amen. You see, we're not meant to, to sit back and mully grub about the bad times, but God's people are supposed to be prosperous. We're supposed to be happy, believe it or not. Amen. Can I see a smile in the house? Come on, yes. I want to see some smile. We've got to be happy living for God. If you're miserable living for God, then you're really not living for God. You're fighting the same battle every day. It's not the will of God for you to be depressed and down all the time. It's not the will of God. For us to always be down and out, looking at the looking at the adversary and wondering why he's winning. Because if you're a true child of God, the adversary don't win. He might win a few battles every now and then, but he will never win the war. Yes, amen. There's an old song: "We've all got to go to war on the floor." Amen. Amen. That means we've all got to get down on our face and pray every day. If you're struggling, oh my God, I can't get off of it. If you're struggling tonight. I wonder what your prayer life looks like. If you can't win that battle, I wonder how many times you took it to God before you took it to your pastor. It's not your it's not your pastor's responsibility to fight every battle for you. It's your responsibility to go, to go to God before you ever go to your pastor. You've got to go to God and say, God, I need the strength. And I need the power that you've given me when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because believe it or not, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you speak in other tongues and you go down in the name of Jesus, you've got every power and dominion over every spirit in hell. You've got the power to say, what is your name? What is the spirit? What is your name? Why are you attacking me? You have that power. Amen. i got to move on from that one. It is not. It is not the church's. It is not the will of God for God's church to fight all the time. Amen. It's the will of God for the church to be happy. 
Amen. It's the will of God. You see, the, the children of Israel, it was their fault that they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. It was their fault. They was looking for a God when Moses was up on Mount Sinai. Look, They was looking for somebody to make them feel good because they didn't have a true relationship with God. They had a relationship with the man of God, but they didn't have a relationship with the God. You see, it's different just having a relationship with your man of God, but you've got to have a relationship with God if you want to be a friend of God. I'm guilty of it myself. You see, I've had a good pastor for many, many years. I had Brother Bonnie Fuller, a great man of God. And now I got Brother Brad Kiffin, a great man of God. I got a good relationship with my with my pastor. But I also got a relationship with God. And before I'll ever take anything to my pastor, you better believe I'm going to fall on my face. Not just only at church, but at home. I'm going to sacrifice my time and I'm going to follow my face at home and I'm going to give my troubles to God. Amen. Amen. It's your responsibility to have a relationship with God. Yes. Try to wind this thing down today. Amen. Won't you give God a good hand clap today? Many weeks ago, I was faced with one of the toughest seasons in my life. I'll be real transparent with you tonight. For months, the voice of God was silenced in my life. But I refused to give up on God. Giving up was an option, but it wasn't a choice I was willing to make. Just because giving up is in the back of your mind don't mean that you got to make that choice. Amen. The flesh can never override the spirit. When you got the Holy Ghost, you got the spirit of God. Just because giving up might be an option, it can never be a choice that you're willing to make. Every day I would I would pick up my Bible just longing to hear him speak that still small voice into my ear. But nothing for weeks. Brother Orton, God must have dealt with him one day about me because he sent me a text. I was I was driving down the road and he sent me a text. I wasn't driving, I was riding. I don't text and drive. That's a sin. Don't do it. Amen. Don't don't text and drive. Amen. I'll run you off the road if I see you texting and driving. <laughs> Texas, you've been texting and driving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> but I was riding down the road with one of my friends. Brother Orton texted me and told me how much he loved me, and I appreciate that, brother. That really did me some good because I was having a, one of the toughest times in my life. I was down and out, depressed, and just. I'm so blessed. I, I, I got a good job. I got a, a beautiful wife and two two kids that, well, my daughter loves me to death. My, like I said, my boy, he really, he really care much for me right now. But, but I was having such a tough time. My ministry, it seems like my job and, and my ministry was, was really clashing. And, and it's still clashing today, but 
I just was struggling so much with the with the balance that 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 life was throwing in my in my way. I just didn't have a good balance, Pastor. I didn't have that balance that I was needing in my life. I didn't give up on God. I didn't. I didn't throw away the, throwing the towel. I didn't throw. I wasn't willing to throw it all away. I still got down. <laughs> I still got down and prayed, and, and I would and only say the usual things. You know, just God, I thank you for my family. I, I thank you for my pastor, my church, and, and I would pray for people, but I would never reach that level of prayer that I was longing to feel. You know, the Spirit of God. I was never. I was never reaching that level that I was once reaching so easily. It was so easy for me to get up there real quick. I never stopped reading. I never stopped praying. I felt if I was on the edge, I was on the verge of a breakdown in my life. My my ministry, I preached, I preached so much last year. I, I, I don't know, just about every weekend I was going somewhere preaching for somebody, it seemed like. Preaching two and sometimes three services a day. It just, it, it was... I had such a good time last year, 2017. I, it was such a good year. God was blessing my ministry. And this year, I think this is probably maybe the fifth time that I've preached all year long. It's just one of those things, you know. Just it was, it was, it was so hard. It was so hard. I was struggling, not knowing what God. I'm telling you this for a reason tonight. I don't want you self pity. Listen, that was my battle, and I conquered it. I, I'm no longer in that position. But I, I was so I was so down and out. But wouldn't you know that just just as I was ready, just as I was ready to throw in the towel, I felt like I was ready just to give it all up. God would speak a word to me. He, he would say, "Son, you are saved. Amen. You are not safe." You see, I'm preaching a personal word that God gave me tonight for a church that needs it. I feel that there's somebody here tonight that needs me to tell you or needs God to tell you that just because you're a Holy Ghost filled saint of God, just because you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and just because you've got a relationship with God and not just a relationship with a preacher, does not mean you won't be safe, does not mean you won't have Hard times in this world that you're living. It doesn't mean that every day is going to be roses and peaches and cream. Sometimes you're going to have to fight a battle every now and again. So letting the spirit round down to tell this church that just because you're fighting a battle doesn't mean you're being punished by God. God doesn't punish people with battles all the time. God doesn't punish his children with battles, God, but it is sometimes it is a strategic way to push that saint or to push that individual into the will of God. It's that it's that way God uses battles and, and tests and trials to push individuals into a deeper prayer life with God. It can either push you deeper to God, deeper with God, or it can push you away from him. That is your decision tonight. Amen. He's not punishing you because you're having a hard time. He's not punishing you. Somebody lift your hands right now. God wants to speak a word to somebody. Hallelujah, Jesus. Young lady, I wish you would obey the, the voice of God right now that he's speaking to you in your ear. For far too long, you've been down and out and depressed and been fighting that same battle. I wish God would speak it into my ear right now and I'd come speak it to you. But I feel like God 
wants to give you a personal word in the in the storm that you're in right now. Hallelujah. Somebody lift your hands up to God. Somebody lift your voice up to God right now. God wants to touch a, a soul in this place. You may lose the voice of God in your life, but His ways will always be the same. Touch Him right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's just have some old fashioned prayer, prayer meetings right now. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. My God, my God. Oh, I'm fighting with everything I got. I ain't giving up on you, Jesus. Somebody needs to go back and revisit that battlefield that you never conquered. You need to go back and conquer that battle that God set before you.
Come on, church, I want you to keep your mind on the Lord. All you young people, you need to find a place and sin, okay? Young people, find a place and sin, all right? God wants to do something great in this place. He wants to speak to us in this house tonight. We don't need no distractions. Come on, a service like this, you've got to be careful when you're causing distractions. God can strike you dead, okay? Come on, keep your mind on God right now. God wants to speak to us in this house tonight. Hallelujah! 